All right, guys, episode 21, Ceci Truman. We had another congressional candidate on. Uh, it was really nice to hear her take and her perspectives, and I really, really appreciate her um, stance on, you know, the whole America first thing, so... Yeah, she's, I think, I've been in Temecula for a while, so she has some good viewpoints on the border. Uh, she went and spoke at a couple school board meetings, so she's trying to speak up for the kids. She's trying to get the Protect the uh, Kids Act for the California, which will protect the kids in the, whole, in the whole state from all the stuff that's going on. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good interview. You ever wonder what is the truth? There go those two guys again. Why do they care so much about the truth? I honestly think their questions for the truth are problematic. Don't we all? So, here we are with Ceci Truman. Ceci, thank you so much for taking the time to come and talk to us. Um, you're running f to be a, a, a House of Representatives. Is that what they call it? Yes, I'm running for uh, California Congressional District 25. And this encompasses East San Bernardino, East Riverside County, and Imperial Valley, all the way to the border. Awesome, awesome. So t talk to us a little bit about where you're from and, and how you got to this point that you're here today. Well, I, you know, I grew up the oldest of eight kids. Um, my parents struggled uh, to put food on the table and, uh, you know, life was very hard and I had a lot of responsibilities growing up. So to be a leader is just threaded in me and I was always the person taking care of everyone else. And uh, that was probably something God, you know, intended and, and built in me. And uh, so, yeah, we actually moved. I grew up in Santa Ana uh, for the for most of my education until ninth grade. We moved to Texas. I ended up in six high schools after that. And so, you know, things were really rough. This is post Carter era. era and so I'm giving you my age away, but uh, <laughs> it's OK. So, you know, it things were very, very tough. And uh, I, I understand and can empathize truly and genuinely what uh, a lot of families are going through with bite inflation because, you know, families are struggling to put food on the table, gas in the tank, hold a job. You know, California is getting uh, ridiculous. Um, and, you know, a lot of this is done on purpose. So we can talk more about all of that. But yeah, that's that. I'm sure that takes a lot. I know, you know, I have four kids and my oldest daughter, we, you know, we put a lot on her and on the weekend she wakes up and she, she'll make breakfast for right. the kids. We can sleep in. So uh, that's interesting. That it's a leadership role. They say the eldest child, there, there's a lot of presidents that are oldest uh, children, actually. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, makes sense. I did a um, there's a, a book that I read about that. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, when you when you're the oldest child or an only child, too, uh, you tend to be more of a leader because you have to. Yeah. You don't really have a choice. You're kind of put in that position with siblings it, and. Yeah, it's just natural. It's a natural thing, you know, and I think God makes us wires us a certain way uh, for a purpose, you know, because he knows what's what's, you know, what what the future holds and what uh, purpose we have. What, what was your upbringing like? Was it rough? Like I, I did grow up in Santa Ana. We were very, very poor. Uh, my parents struggled and my parents were very young. Also, they started they had me when they were 19. My dad was in the Air Force and um, and my parents had 
eight kids in 10 years. And so, um, my father started construction on our house because our family was growing and, uh, the economy turned into a recession during the Carter area. So he had to stop construction midpoint. And so we essentially did not have a completed house um, for many, many years. And it was like sleeping outdoors. It was like camping. So I am not a camper at the moment. You know, my family <laughs> would have liked that. I was one of those moms that went camping, but I just, that's not my thing because I did have to, reasons. I had to camp. That was my way of life growing up. Yeah. So, Let me ask you this. Do you feel like the grittiness of like that experience has seasoned you for this type of stuff? Like, you know what? I always feel like that that's, that really is what it is, is when you come from that rough upbringing, it, it prepares you for what you can be. I think so, because you're not intimidated by that. You know, I people see me now and they think, oh, well, she must have had a great life. No, they have no idea uh, the circumstances that I grew up in. But I'm, I am grateful for those experiences. I'm grateful because I am a very strong person now. And, you know, I, I've, you know, we always want to do better for our children than what we were able to receive. You know, every parent, the next generation wants to do better. And so, yes, uh, you know, I, to the grace of God, I was able to raise my, my family in a nicer neighborhood. And, you know, we were still struggling as a couple, my husband and I, but, but we, we were able to provide better than what I got growing up, um, materially. And so they've been given better opportunities. And so we had to go to Santa Ana museum for a field trip one, one year while I was homeschooling. And I said, you know what, kids, we're going to go to where I grew up. And as a matter of fact, you're going to see the house that I grew up in. And we're going to go to the panaderia. We're going to Ruben's tortillas. And we're going to stock up on conos con crema. <laughs> and so my kids were, you know, they were very shocked to see the neighborhood I grew up in because they didn't know yet. Uh, and they thought I was exaggerating. And I said, no, you know, you guys have been blessed. And, and this is what, what we do as parents. We, you know, we want to, to provide, you know, new opportunities and uh, but I like to go back to my roots and uh, you know I want to help people that are in that circumstance because with hard work and you know right decisions and, and I I give you know glory to God for you know being with me throughout my life and helping me out of that I just feel like you know God you know uses all things good and not so good uh, to prepare us for uh, a higher mission in life yeah so were you like always into politics, like like in you know high school, college, or more recent, or has it always been something you're interested in? Or I will tell you, I got married at 23, and I had my kids. You know, we were living. I married my high school sweetheart, by the way, and we've now been married 30 years. But uh, so my kids are very very young uh, when I started getting into politics, and I'll tell you that it was post 9/11. And uh, something oh, very yeah. interesting, I had a very graphic dream that night of 9-11. And I don't share that with many people, but uh, it was it was a very graphic dream and it was like a premonition. And that's it's never, it didn't happen before that. It hasn't ever happened since. So there's something with that date that I feel called into politics. Uh, I didn't jump into politics right away. I really didn't, wasn't very uh, acclimated. Although I have always been a Republican once I did register uh, I've always been a conservative after I got married of course you know I think most people become more family oriented and become 
you know, Republicans or conservative, and I am actually a, a conservative. But uh, yeah, that's when it kind of birthed something in me uh, mm. was 9-11. And, uh, you know, since then, we've been very much in, uh, engaged, paying attention, my husband and I. And, and so uh, it was post COVID-19. I call it the shutdown. I, you know, I think it was um, a manufactured virus, uh, intentional. It was done intentionally mm-hmm. to close our country down and actually the whole world. It's the first yeah. time the whole world was on one wavelength under the same mandate. So this is what we, you know, have been introduced to as globalism, you know, like there were one world government. <laughs> Oh yes, I almost mean, like the name of a document <laughs> that all the governments go. I mean, off it's a, a it's, it's a nightmare that has come true, and yeah. so that's when. And by this time, I've uh, homeschooled, graduated my three sons, and my husband and I were empty nesters at this point. And uh, so I had finished that part of my life of raising my family, and you know, I, I my business shut down during that time also. And I was in the beauty industry at that time and I just prayed. I said, God, what, what would you have me to do? Because I had fire in my belly and, you know, I was part of that movement where we went to the rallies and I met you actually mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning uh, of this movement, but, uh, went to all the rallies, uh, and I was in Sacramento, you know, we were fighting bills and I had gone to DC also, and I've been to Florida a few times and I've gone to Texas for a few events. So I've been all over the country. I've been at, you know, people tell me you're at all the events. You're everywhere all the time. And I say, yes, because I'm working hard. I care about our nation. I care about what's happening. And I'm trying to engage and activate and bring others into, uh, you know, activation as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So it was uh, after the shutdown that I, I prayed and I asked God, what would you have me to do? And I realized when we were at those rallies that all of these people and it it was awesome because you know we became kind of a family you know we became like you know all the regulars we we connected locked arms and you know i realized though that unless we the people unless it's us running for office sitting in those seats of authority the people who are in authority are just laughing at us Mm -hmm. we're going to go home from this rally tonight or, or wherever you know we we were and uh they're still going to make the decisions. And so it's up to us to run for office. And so that's when it all started for me. So what what brought you out this way towards like the Temecula area? <laughs> what, what, what was it that, uh, how did that come about? So I grew up in Santa Ana until ninth grade. And like I told you, we moved to Texas, went to every semester we, we moved. And so I've never met a stranger in my life. And I, that's why I'm such a people person now. I just love people because, you know, uh, I, we, I, I had to, uh, that was a, a character, um, de- uh, something that was developing in my character to meet new people. But uh, my father made an announcement after I just met the popular kids at one of the high schools. We're moving again and it's to California. Back to California we go. And I just <laughs> cried. I'm like, no, we came into California. But, you know, that was destiny. Uh, we moved to Poway and uh, I met my husband there. And uh, he was on the football team and everything. And uh, so we, was it a military thing with your dad? Um, my grandfather, his dad was a Navy 
uh, frogman, um, and he was like a career Navy man. He, he served in World War II. This is my grandfather mm-hmm. I'm talking about, and he was based out of Coronado. So a Navy uh, frogman is like the predecessor of the Navy SEAL. I see. And yeah. they wore all this heavy gear, and they they went underwater and did demolition for for. Um, the Navy, you know, it's, it's crazy work, but that, that was what my grandfather did. My, my father during the Vietnam era, he served in the air force. So, but getting back to San Diego, uh, met my high school sweetheart. We dated for a few years and then, uh, we, you know, I decided to move to the Bay area where my father and mother moved. They moved once again. So, um, but, uh, my husband and I re- reunited and, uh, ended up back in San Diego. And from here we moved to, uh, the Valley mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were looking for a place that was affordable, which it was very affordable at the time. Um, let's see, I'm talking about 28 years ago okay. when there was, you know, barely any streetlights uh, yeah. in Temecula. <laughs> uh-huh. So it's at the beginning of, you know, all the construction and, and the development here. But um, so it was a great place. Uh, I was able to homeschool here. They call it the homeschool Mecca was here in Temecula. And um, yeah, so we've, we kind of been all over we've lived in Marietta and uh, now I'm, I'm more East living more Eastward now. But um, uh, I love, you know, Southern California. This is my home and it's where I've lived you know most of my 54 years of life and uh, this is where we raised our family and this is where I want to fight I want to fight for uh, our state and our country you know I gotta say it's so refreshing to have these patriots that are willing to step up and take these seats and these Mm -hmm. positions because it really does feel like everything's so broken right it's like as an american it really doesn't matter where you fall politically it's hard to deny that there's issues at hand with our country you know um and one of the big issues i feel like is like the crisis at the border Mm -hmm. right and i think it's it's interesting because i talk to people about the whole border situation and california gets a bad rap because for a long time we've been like a sanctuary state and Mm -hmm. things like that but you know i i also remind people that hey you know a lot of these these people who are illegal that come here and work here legally in the state of california it's like they're taking jobs that kind of benefits our economy and we don't really see it um but Right now, it's yeah. like the border's different. wide open, and it's a it's a completely different oh, thing yeah. right now, you know? So, I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about that, because I know your slogan is uh, secure the border, save lives, mm-hmm. and I, I thought that that was interesting, and I mm-hmm. just wanted to know uh, how you came up with that and what that means. Well, and, and just to back up a little bit, I, I am a Latina. I am, My grandparents on my mother's side came from uh, Morelia, Michoacan. Uh, my grandmother from my father's side came from Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, my grandfather, who served in World War II, he was from England, actually. So I'm three quarters Hispanic. But um, I am a Hispanic that, and my district 75% Hispanic, that I'm a Hispanic saying we have to secure the borders to save lives because this has been a humanitarian crisis this has been you know it's it is an economic crisis for american taxpayers but the worst part to me is that this is a um national security crisis we are seeing i mean the democrat party they are the party of death destruction and depression i like to say because it's they create human misery and that is what they are doing um Secretary Mayorkas, Vice President Kamala Harris, they have turned purposely a 
blind eye to our borders. That is their job is to secure the na our nation and, our, our, and we're supposed to be a sovereign nation. But when you have open borders and there are many countries that are now suffering the same dilemma, you know, you are creating uh, havoc. You're, you're wreaking havoc on the citizens because uh, we right now have 166 nations and a lot of them are designated terrorist countries that these men and they're mostly military age men now what you mentioned the migrants who work those are uh economic migrants and we're mm -hmm. not seeing that right now at the border what we are witnessing are people who are very entitled they're coming because they've been told by ngos and attorneys or whoever that uh, you're going to come to america and you're going to get rich and you're going to get handouts so they're not coming to contribute they're coming to take not only this, we've got, like I mentioned, uh, we've got designated uh, terrorist nations, military age men. I even saw some footage of military age men with weapons, with assault weapons coming just right out in the open, coming right across. So they are, are coming across as not a migration, but as an invasion. And so this, you know, we also are witnessing the fentanyl crisis happening in America. And you guys remember when we had the COVID-19, that CNN and MSNBC had the, the tickers, you know, like, you know, trying to put fear into the people like, oh, oh my yeah, gosh, we're counter. dropping like flies. Uh -huh. Okay, but they're not, they don't dare talk about how many people are dying every day from fentanyl poisoning. They wouldn't dare because it makes the Biden administration look like completely incompetent as they truly are. So, um, you know, we've got the fentanyl crisis. Now, the thing that is the most disturbing to me is the human trafficking and mostly of children. So these children come unattended, not with parents. They're, they are being sent and they are being sold as human slaves. Now, we've got some politicians talking about reparations from, you know, the slavery days of the Civil War era. But we are, they are not talking about modern day slavery. And we've got children that, that are disappearing into the system. We have no idea where they're going to end up and what is happening to them. This is the cruelest. This is cruel of, uh, of the Vice President Kamala Harris and uh, of um, Secretary Myro because they do not care about people and I care about them. I am Hispanic saying, let's, let's save these children being trafficked and, and uh, tortured. And uh, so that's, that's the humanitarian crisis part of it. And of course, I, I did touch on the national security crisis. Uh, recently, I was in Israel, just as it would happen, uh, I, I was invited to a delegation trip in Israel. And this is with Tom Homan, um, who was the previous director of ICE under President Trump. President Trump said, when I come back as president, Tom Homan will be our ICE director once again. So I went with him. I went with a, another congressional candidate who is uh, his district's in Eagle Pass, Texas. And we know what uh, national um uh, attention that's getting right now because a lot of the migrants you know are passing through eagle pass his name's victor avila so he's running for congress there just spoke with him recently uh, another group called the united west and another um group called jexit which is jews exiting the democratic party so, so <laughs> i've never heard that yeah exit there's exit and now jexit <laughs> you know how that started in england they had um oh goodness what brexit was that? 
Blex, no. It was Brexit. Brexit, Brit- that's what it was. Oh, that's yeah. That's right. Started. And they actually, yeah. they, that guy, like, he ran and won. Like, that That was a grassroots movement. It was. Like, the, he was the original one. Like, Britain, that guy, that party was the original one. Like, almost like a, yeah, like, that movement was a patriotic movement against Britain. In England, Britain. that's and, right. And they won. And, like, yes. he did it. And he's been interviewed. He was he's successful. a very intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, actually, we should be taking probably a lot of notes on how he was able to do that because right. you know he going against britain that's like us going against our government yeah but like you mentioned yeah it's like the government uh, mayorkas and kamala and stuff it's just yeah why you when you think about it, it's like why do they even have the border open like it's like the world economic forum like there yes. must be people above them that oh, want to yeah. take down america because america is like literally the last country of any type of constitution or freedom they just want complete power control. Mm-hmm. They're on the whole de- depopulation kick, yeah. which I never understood because they've been incentivizing women to, to have as many babies as possible for the last I say 30, they 40 years. Right. <laughs> you yeah, want to depopulate. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably, gonna, it's probably bound to happen here pretty soon. But No, um, no, no. They're building shelters and stuff. Dude. Yeah, they're, right? They're yeah. not them. They stand behind the sandbags and go... Charge the hill and then yeah. they like crouch down behind. Well, they just it. had the video of the guy today, I think, at the border where the guy's like, "Who are you?" He's like, "Oh, you'll know who I am soon. You'll know." Yeah, who I-. And I then just they found out that. he's like a like the, one of the head like he's a terrorist. Yeah, he's a known terrorist. You know, yeah. terrorist. But there's right. Chinese coming across, yes. and then when you look at like this has been going on since like 2000, even 17, even which you know like. Trump had a hard time, you know, putting the wall up. We were the most secure at the borders. Yeah. When Trump was president. Oh, it was it was uh, we we seen influx now 85 percent more. And I was I would even say the number is much higher. The percentage is much higher than that. Oh, yeah. But these aren't asylum seekers. No, they're not leaving like a war torn country. They're all dressed in Adidas. They all have iPhones They're coat. They're all their clothes seem pretty clean. It's odd. Well, I don't know how they're getting here. Right. How are they getting here they're from Guatemala and Honduras? Because now, there's a whole industry. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, the cartel is probably raking in I mean, billions, millions, billions, no, billions of, dollars, of dollars. You know, off yes. of this. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. Yes. And I think, and I think a lot of this stuff, right? It it makes you wonder because the other thing that I hear is like, well, they, they're they're, the borders are wide open. People are coming in, and then there are states talking about. Uh, giving them the right to vote, giving illegal immigrants the right to vote, and, and then and health insurance. Yeah, I mean they're they're giving them everything. Didn't they just they just said that they're thinking about allowing them be law enforcement officers in, right. in L.A. Yeah, yeah they're doctors. There was one in New that, York. No, dude, in L.A., oh, in LA. I think there's one already that graduated, mm-hmm. like a, and someone who is. They're not a, a United States citizen, and they're going to pull you over in L.A. and tell you you're speeding. And the craziest part is like the, the <laughs> left, and the, the, the liberals, they'll actually have the audacity to say like, no, the, the border's not open. Like, I don't. Do you see any immigrants around Temecula? I, I don't hate. see any. I don't see any. All the conservatives have been saying this for years. I don't. Where are they? And the fentanyl, the fentanyl's coming in 88% from Americans, not the illegal, like, they're yeah, so far true. gone. It's yeah, the, the establishment left is so far brainwashed. They're, you know, they're. Yeah, they cho- I they're know choosing to, to believe a lie because yeah. it is a lie. Yeah, and uh, you know, for the most part, fentanyl is created in labs in China. Although there are 
100 labs in Mexico that are receiving the materials from China to produce these, I bet. you know, these pills that, that, you know, we get a lot of, um, I, um, you know, a lot of these young people are taking Xanax and, and antidepressant type pills that are laced with the fentanyl and, and that is designed to kill Americans. So they are sending fentanyl over to kill us from the inside out without even shooting a single For bullet. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that makes want, total sense. And then they wonder why mm-hmm. we don't trust the metal, like, they do problem reaction solutions. So like even the city, they want to build a mental health hospital, the hospital, hospital, because we care. But close the prisons, everybody's right? sick. Yeah, but close the prisons, let the criminals out, have mm-hmm. the border open, hook everybody on drugs and fentanyl, yeah. give your kids Adderall, give them the shot, do all this stuff. And then, but we care, fire everyone that didn't get the vaccine. And then now we're going to try, now the hospital's going to say, hey, hey, we're here for you guys, but we need help. We need more <laughs> money. We need to open a mental health facility, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. you caused all the issues. Yeah. And then they don't. It's insane to me. I'm I'm curious to to transition a little bit, and I'm curious to hear your perspective on uh, election integrity and things like that. You know, because uh, you know, with some states trying to make illegal immigrants uh, give them the right mm-hmm. to vote, you know, like what's your position on election integrity? How is that a problem? How do you how do you see uh, us fixing this and making sure that people actually trust our elections because i think we we don't have people voting and it's because people doesn't we don't believe it we don't believe that it's real right and that our votes count. there, there so is a think? solution for sure uh, but i will say as far as what they're trying to do and now the black community and the hispanic community are rising up who are democrats mm-hmm. and they are they're upset because and they're more than upset. I'm, I'm being nice here uh, but they're basically telling the Democrat Party you are trying to replace us with the with the migrants and they've had enough and they are sick of it and so now the Democrat Party is even more afraid because they realize they have upset their base and so they're trying to replace their base with the migrant voters now a lot of these migrants that come to work and and you know a lot of Hispanic Latinos, they are conservative at heart. So you know what? Maybe the the uh, the Democrat Party did this to you know try to up their their votes. You know they do it the illegal way, they do it the the cheating way. But I'm hoping it backfires on them one day because they don't understand that the 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 Hispanic families are conservative at heart, and and that's where you know it's very important for people like me who is Hispanic who is conservative to be a voice for those, you know, let's see what happens in the future. But as far as election integrity, this is what I believe. We have to have same day voting. We need to show IDs. You must be an American citizen and we need to get rid of the machines. We need smaller precincts. And also we need to get rid of ballot harvesting because we know you know the the democrats they cheat so we got to stop all this shenanigans this is you know it's not it's not how many people vote it's who's counting the vote and and that's part of the marxist that's right out of the marxist playbook Mm -hmm. and so we don't want communism in america we want freedom this country is built you know we are a republic um and uh, we're not even a democracy and i know that democrat oh and that's the other thing the hispanics they think oh america's a democracy that must mean democrat so they confuse the terms you know so we've got to educate the hispanic community we've got to do outreaches and we've got to you know the ones that are here and that are citizens that is 
we need to um, educate them that you know what you're conservative you're a republican you're not a democrat right so yeah, but but we I, mu- they must be american citizens to vote though well, and yeah. i i get tired of that play on words because everybody thinks oh it's a democracy no 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 we're a constitutional republic right. that has a democratic process within it. Exactly. But we are a constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that gets lost in translation for, for obvious reasons, you know. Because we don't teach civics and government in school anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if you can get rid of history and and uh, not teaching government, and that's, we can talk about education later, but... Uh, but yeah, that's we've got a whole generation of kids that don't don't know a whole lot. Yeah, you know, um, I uh, I think I've told this story before, but I, I I did nine years in the Marine Corps, and it was a couple years ago that I realized yeah. I actually never really even looked at the at the Constitution. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine that I served with, and she was saying something that I I consider to be pretty like. Dude, that's pretty anti-American. That's pretty like she's like I think she said like the Constitution's old or outdated or something. Oh, and boy. I was like, ah, uh, I don't. I thought it was crazy that she wow. felt that way. Because, and, and served. Yeah, well, because I'm thinking like, wow. well, I mean, now that I think about it, I'd hate to be in the fighting hole with you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're not really sold into this thing. Um, but she also made me realize that well. I don't really know what I'm talking about either because I never read the dang thing. Mm. So I went and I bought one that night and. Um, it's just incredible to me. I always ask, why don't we teach the youth this? These, we have to. This is their, these are their rights. There's this movement mm-hmm. that kind of wants our youth to hate the country. But if we actually told them, like, what's in the Second Amendment, the Bill them. of Rights, yeah, mm-hmm. if they understood and they took ownership of mm-hmm. that, uh, they, would, they would love the country. These are all things that we strip away from our youth like as a nation and what Mm -hmm. we do is we we we've become like a consumer culture we don't focus on our rights and the individual freedom and the constitution and you're an american and these are your rights and you should take pride in that you know we are more uh like we we don't yeah we don't make anything we're we're we're, we're, yeah yeah yeah, we're we're, we're, we're becoming a very very weak country well and and men aren't men anymore and thank you for your service by the way oh thank Thank you you for serving our country um there's a saying that uh hard times create strong men i do think of world war ii era when i say this Mm -hmm. so Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And then the cycle Cycle goes, you know, and, uh, you know, as far as the military, um, you know, when we're teaching that America, see, CRT has taught our kids to hate America, that America is racist and Mm -hmm. so on. Why would a generation of young people want to even volunteer in the military to defend our country if they think it's such a bad and evil country? And, you know, our recruitment levels are lower than they were uh, pre-World War II. So we have a major issue with that. We need patriots. That. We need people who love our country. That's it. But but the other We've thing is, too... We've got to raise a generation who loves our country. And, and, I, and I agree with you totally. And I think that... Uh, it's the youth. It's the youth. It's so mm-hmm. important for the kids to really take pride in who they are and what they do and, and this country. And we constantly, we constantly force feed our youth all of the negative things about our country. Everything, everything. If you talk about the racist stuff and you talk about right. slavery. They're not if, told the good things. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. I, I, we've said this before. Anybody born after 1985, like, 
we were raised on like rap music, which is black culture. It's like my generation is not Joe Biden's generation, you know, mm-hmm. like my generation. Joe Biden's generation would look at me with baggy pants as a 16 year old in a boombox and roll their eyes, you know, and then here they are preaching to us about racism and how oh, we need to do better. It's like, yeah. dude, we don't live in that world anymore. We haven't for quite some time. Mm-hmm. But when you're teaching the Latinos in the black community that, mm-hmm. hey, you were slaves and this country hates you and you don't teach them. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the culture that was created by black and Puerto Ricans in New York and the way it evolved our entire community, the the way it involved the whole world, the mm-hmm. way we dress, the way we talk, mm-hmm. the way music is. It's like you actually give them something to latch on to and take pride in. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that as a country. And it yeah. really, it irks me like to my core. You know, our kids are lost right now. They they have been taught hate. They have, you know, it's... Um, They've been taught to disrespect. They're very entitled. And I remember when my kids played uh, Little League Baseball, everybody got a trophy. They call that the participation trophy. That's when it started. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. It was around that time. <laughs> like those participation trophies. Yes. The helicopter the mom. Plus, I feel bad for our kids. I mean, they're on every medication. The doctors put them on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I was listening to this guy that worked for the CIA, and he was mm-hmm. saying that CIA agents, a lot of them have ADHD which makes them really good, like, military or, like, you know, we have to, like... When they're, you're they're, multitasking. They're multitasking. And you, you their head is like, yeah, if you're better. an introvert, you would never do that job. Yeah. It'd be too stressful. Mm-hmm. But, like, for certain... But it's so funny with all our boys and all of our kids. If a boy's hyper at all... Right, well, that's a boy. T- yeah, I have yeah. three, three sons. They give them Ritalin. You know, give yeah, them Adderall. No. They put them... They've dosed up our kids. All the kids be- are on the iPads. And yeah. then you put them on COVID where they're on lockdown mm-hmm. for... Bad for recipe. A, portions of their whether it's ninth through 12th is an important part of your life whether it's third grade through sixth grade whether it's kindergarten through third you just messed up their whole development absolutely their whole way of life is completely thrown off and it's funny that we just moved forward past that and then now it's like talking about transgender and pride flags but nobody's addressing the fact of like well hey you know my seventh grader reads at a fourth grade level and you guys just kind of reopen the school and just put them back into eighth grade but He's not at an eighth grade level. So you're just going to push him through or is he just going to constantly fail mm-hmm. or, but their answer is to push him through. People don't understand, you know, take a step back and you just can't go through COVID and take out three years of a kid's life with a mask on. They go, okay, jump back in there and you know, yeah. oh, you can't read really. It's like, well, I was staring at a <laughs> computer that wasn't <laughs> loading at my parents' house because they don't have any of the technology. Like, it's so funny that. With like, it I forced say with every Elon student Musk and to everything. be on technology, though, didn't it? Yeah, for yeah. everybody. But like, a lot of the stuff wasn't yeah. working. You can't go through mm-hmm. Zoom. The email didn't pop up. This is just what the the far leftist, that they're, they're Marxist. They're Marxist they're, yeah. You know, because that's also in the playbook of Marxism. You have to divide and conquer. Or you have to create confusion and chaos. And yeah. uh, as far as education, uh, we it started in the '90s or the early 2000s with Common Core. And they have dumbed down education. Uh, they have complicated math so much that when a child was to bring, oh, you know, yeah. Common Core math home, that the parents couldn't help them because it was ridiculous. And that's not. It's they. They really made it worse. And so uh, it, you know. Children these days are not, the education in America is not internationally rigorous. 
other countries are outdoing us academically. And this is very scary because I've talked to teachers and principals who have said, I am being forced to graduate kids to the next level or promote them to the next level, even though they're getting D's and F's. They have mm-hmm. to promote because it's a numbers thing. It's a tax yeah. dollars uh, incentive for school districts or, uh, you know, school unions. It's all about the money and it's not about the children. You know, in California, we are rating 48 of 50 states academically. We are failing our kids, yet we are taxed the highest. And our kids cannot read properly. They can't write properly. They cannot do math Uh, you know, standard math even. And I always say in China, fifth graders are learning calculus and our kids don't know the difference between a man and a woman. And that was done on purpose. Yeah. And so guess what? Um, Technology, think of the military, our technology, uh, military is going to be all technology. Technology requires excellence in math skills. If our kids don't know excellence in math, guess what? Who's going to run? Who's going to run our military? We have to outsource from other countries. This is frightening. So, yeah. yeah. And, no. and then the kids don't have like the basic manners or respect either. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can be dumb, but if you're a nice guy and have respect, you can kind of get some, you know, far life. But these kids, all these kids are, it's like they're, uh, they're ignorant, but like they're arrogantly ignorant. Like they Bad don't combo. care. <laughs> yeah. But, but then once again, that's, that's cause they watching YouTube yes. and it's the culture pushing stuff, you know? So, okay. So real quick, I want to bring it back to education. Cause I like everything yes. that you had to say. I, I agree. Right. That mm-hmm. like, we always look at numbers here in California and you're like, Oh, Temecula is mm-hmm. like one of the top performing schools in the state. And then if you compare it to the nation, yeah. we're, we're, we're not near the top. Right. And then if you compare it to the world, we're definitely mm-hmm. not near the top. So I, I do like that that statement you made is making educate making us competitive uh academically at the global level right like like compared to other countries and what things are doing and Mm -hmm. what we're producing it's it's way different yeah but i'm curious to also know because you know we've been really involved with the school board and there Mm -hmm. is this movement uh throughout the, the nation but you know here in temecula of I think after COVID, a lot of people were upset. They felt like that uh, parents are losing a say with child's education in the public school and parents want rights. We feel like our rights are kind of being encroached on by the government. And I completely agree with the uh, statement of, you know, I don't co-parent with the government and, Mm -hmm. and I don't, you know, so. Kind of talk to me a little bit about that. How do we balance solid education and parental rights? Well, you know, I think it's interesting what you just said, because I think until the whole shutdown COVID thing happened and parents started seeing what their kids were being subjected to, then it kind of opened there. It was the beginning of parents' eyes being opened. Before that, school boards our school union school districts were getting away with all kinds of stuff parents didn't know so we didn't have that term parental rights yet and so now that the parents you know they woke up the mama bears you know and the papa bears so now they are at the school boards and now it's their the school unions the school education systems being exposed uh and and they're doubling down by all this hypersexualization of our little ones of our you know i mean all grades it's it's 
straight up pornography. It is the most vile stuff. It's it's disgusting. It's evil. It's meant to demoralize our children. And you know, once once you have destroyed the a child's soul, I mean, they're they're not they're not going to be in the in the capacity of wanting to learn mm. they're not going to be you know they're going to be in a different frame of mind and and yeah, it's you know, such a even, huge distraction that's a good point i didn't even think about that kids that had like rough stuff going on at home you know maybe they were dealing with some craziness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um they're not focusing on learning no. they're coming to school to sleep they're yeah. coming to school to like where can I get away from the chaos that's yeah. going on? Yep. So when you introduce that type of, uh, you know, like sensitive material yeah. to these young children, you're almost completely you're turning with them their, their heads. off yeah. to yeah. wanting to right. learn. And I, I uh, you know, I homeschooled for 15 years, graduating all three of my sons. My oldest, I pulled him out of fifth grade and my youngest, uh, he was in, or my middle son was in third grade at the time. My youngest never saw a day of public school in his whole life. And the only reason I bring up the fact that I homeschooled is because I want to encourage other parents to really consider homeschooling save the soul of your children why why do you choose to send them back to school well, you know there's pornography there why would you i mean i that just breaks my heart like mm-hmm. pull them out right now and go fight at the school boards because there's still other kids that need your voice there's still parents that need your support so i say do both mm-hmm. rescue your child now you know it is a lifestyle change we you know it's a it's a financial sacrifice it's true but you know, you need to save your children and it is worth it. The, you know, I, when I graduated my last child and he went on to, he was my most ambitious student, by the way, my, the, the one that never saw a day at public school. He went on to uh, Dallas Baptist university with a business major. He graduated this past summer and now he's getting his master's program. So I was not, I don't have teacher's credentials. I just love my kids and I wanted them first and foremost to know who their creator is and instill biblical values in their spirit and feed their, you know, feed their soul with, you know, the word of God. But also, you know what, when, when kids have that, that, um, when they have God in their life, then they have purpose. Then they, they realize, you know what, God made me for a purpose and they, they feel that calling on their life. So they want to do well, you know, they want to excel in their academics because they know that they have direction at such a young age. And so it is our job as parents to nurture that, nurture their, their gifts, their talents. And, you know, uh, homeschooling is great also because, you know, you might have a kid who's maybe behind a grade level and you can help, you know, you, you can help nurture him on academically. But uh, also I had my youngest was way ahead of the game. He was in third grade and we would do classes every now and then uh, he would be in junior high classes uh, because he wanted a challenge and he was he was ready for that. But so I'm just saying all of that, not to bring glory to myself. I, I want to encourage parents to try it and, and, you know, just make that sacrifice. And President Trump said when he comes back as president that he's going to not only support school choice for, you know, all students um, and, you know, for private school and let them let the money follow the child. Right. He's going to do this for homeschooling also. And it's going to be up to ten thousand dollars per child, uh, depending on the, the school district and uh, the school age. But that 
could revolutionize our education system. If 30 to 40 percent of families will homeschool this could bankrupt the school unions tomorrow mm -hmm, if they mm -hmm. you know decide to do this today and so it's it's doable there's a lot of great curriculum out there uh, you don't need a teacher's credential to do it it's just something i really want to encourage families to consider because you know th these school unions are the most powerful union in the nation and uh, and this is w one solution this is one thing that we can do to you know break that you know uh we we've had uh a few parents on, I think, that homeschool now. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think, yes, Steffi's one of them. One of the biggest things for me that I, that I tell them is my tax dollars go to public school system. And if I have to pull my kids out because I feel like the public school system is failing, then I, I feel like, personally, I feel like I'm running from a problem that's only going to get bigger and then follow me. I think that... If that's I see why the tax wrong, dollars need to follow your child. So you true. have a choice. Yeah, that's true. Because you're that's paying true. taxes. That's that's right. I, but I, but I feel like it's on us. Like as a dad, like if I see something wrong or I hear and I do this, you know, I, I go, I'll email the principal. I walk on the school. Hey, I want to see this display mm -hmm. that was going on. I try to be involved. And I I think I try to tell parents that if you're not making yourself uh an obstacle to these things that yeah. you don't like, then you're not, you're not really, you have to push back on this stuff. Mm -hmm. If you see something you don't yes. like, it's, it's, yeah, it's my kid's school and it's the campus, but I can go over there and schedule a meeting and ask to say something. And if I have a, uh, some, an issue with somebody, I'm going to handle that. Like we're going to walk on campus yeah. and we're going to talk about it, not in an yeah. aggressive way, but in a professional way, this is the standard. And I, I, it frustrates me that the school system has failed to the point where so many people are turning to that, turning to homeschool, because that's a that's a breakdown in our society. That's a big problem that public school has turned in. People are seeing it. It's, it's a monster. It, yeah, it's it seems like it's. We got to stop feeding that monster. Yeah, yeah, we have yeah. To. I mean, you know, I, I just I feel like I'm going to push back on it. These are my kids. You're going to be my standard for the education. I mean, and I, I feel like when it comes time, if I pull my kids out, then it's it's really too late. Like, you know, like, what are what are we going to do? You know? Well, yeah. And even at a deeper level, it's like I don't think the public school system was created at its core to really educate the kids. You know, in the 1800s, children were homeschooled. That was what, you know, that's was culture. And mm -hmm. if you really look back in history, that's what all cultures always did. Right. And uh, and so until uh, the um, um, early, I would say early 1900s, that's yeah. when we started federalizing at the education system. You talked about it earlier. You said the Biden economy and how everybody's struggling. And I think that this is something that everybody feels, you know, this economy is, is getting really ridiculous. And the thing is, is, you know, when the price comes up and then it drops, well, my dollar's worth a lot less now. So I think a lot of us are struggling in the country yeah. with the economy. Talk to me a little bit about that with the Bidenomics, right? That's what he yeah, calls it. I, yeah, I think people call it Bidenomics and I call it Bidenflation yeah. too. I, it's funny because I was just at Costco and my bill was double of what it normally is. And I told the lady, I said, oh my gosh, that's so painful. I said, my my, my shopping bill is double. And, and she goes, yeah, times are really hard, right? And I said, it's Bidenflation. And she just looked at me oh. and, and I'm like, well, I know what side you're on. But um, yes, uh, well, you know, this inflation, uh, high gas prices, this all started day one when 
President Biden, and I really hate calling him President Biden, but because to me, he's illegitimate. But when Biden signed that stack of executive orders, and one was to close the Keystone pipelines, Mm -hmm. we are not energy independent any longer. And that started the snowball effect uh, where inflation rose, uh, our gas prices. In California, I remember seeing almost $8 a gallon in some places. Uh, it kind of averaged around seven and now we're, we're, you know, we're around that number. But, um, uh, yeah, so then, you know, now we can't buy a home in California. And I mean, there's just very few places where young couples can buy a home. And so, um, yeah, this is, this is all a result of closing our Keystone pipeline. We are rich in oil and gas here in America. And for us to have to go and beg communist countries or uh, tyrannical countries, um, you know, and we're begging and, and, you know, we, we, we lose power, we lose respect on the world stage. And so we've got to get back to America first. You know, America is a sovereign nation. We, we need to utilize our own natural resources that we have here so that we are back, you know, uh, where we have, you know, our uh, right now with the debt ceiling that was signed recently, we owe trillions of dollars and, you know, every for one point five trillion dollars that our government has signed in the debt, the debt ceiling bill, every American and I'm not talking family, every American will owe two hundred fifty thousand dollars in taxes. And so this is this is unattainable. So we are bankrupting our nation um, by crazy spending, printing money. And, uh, you know, just we need to go back to being energy self-sufficient once again. So you think that that's definitely the move is just the our our own being self-sufficient or energy independent, right? And stop borrowing, you know, stop borrowing and stop allowing China to own farmlands and property here in America because they are they are not our friend. Uh, you know, Ben Burkholm, I don't know if you guys follow him. He was, uh, he interviewed some guys that were crossing the border and he goes, oh, where are you guys from? Egypt, Egypt. No, guess where they were from? Gaza. Okay. Mm. And so uh, also, you know, he, I also witnessed, you know, what you had mentioned earlier was the Chinese coming through. So, you know, we've got work to do. Uh, we've got to put America first and I am an American first candidate and I always have been um, part of that movement. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing our government will go focus on the Ukrainian border. Exactly. The, the Israel-Hamas uh, border, and then just leave our border wide open. Well, I mean, I've talked about that so much where it's like, you know, the same government that's trying to disarm its people sends weapons right. Overseas, right. so people can defend themselves from tyranny. It's just so crazy. Like, I totally respect that you support Israel, and I don't feel one way or another. Just me, and I've said this before. Me personally, like as a combat veteran, I've become so anti-war. The yeah. way the way our government pulled out of yeah. uh, Afghanistan, it's like I just want us to fix this. We should be focusing on Absolutely. our borders. I don't. I don't. I don't really worry about what's going on in other countries because I I would like to see my government focus on all the homelessness that we have in L.A., all the poor people that we have out here. It's like we have people here in our country Mm -hmm. that need help. And it seems like our government is so focused on 
all these other foreign nations. They're trying to bankrupt us. That's what they're doing. And there's there's a lot of fraud and there's a lot of shenanigans going on with sending billions to Ukraine. Billions. And they just, I think Biden just signed a new uh, package deal just recently uh, to send more billions of dollars. And uh, by the way, we've only given israel 1.5 million mm-hmm. million okay compared to what they <laughs> what they sent billions of dollars 250 okay so there's a big wow. difference there um but no uh, we should not be supporting the war in ukraine absolutely not we need those tax dollars to be here if we're not strong here in america and if we are bankrupt how are we supposed to help other countries you know we got to take care of our own house first get our own home in order and then then we can talk later about yeah. helping other nations yeah. but we need to have boundaries you know you, you we need to have healthy boundaries and take care of our vets i come from a military family background so uh, i you know i am for taking care of our vets i don't want them on the street they need to get help if they need help medical attention um, you know, a lot of them suffer from post-traumatic stress and I, my heart is broken for those men and they need help. And, you know, some are suicidal even, and you know what, they deserve our best. They don't deserve our breadcrumbs. And it just angers me to see them on the streets suffering. My biggest fear is that if it keeps on going into a big, I don't think I wouldn't want to be in support of like setting our troops to fight. Let's put it that way. Well, we're sending our troops over to Ukraine. We need to talk about that because more billions yeah. of dollars are That's being sent I mean. to I don't a, want my I don't want American troops or American yeah. kids going over to Ukraine, Israel, every country. Like I right. said, America has to handle our own border. That's right. We're about to have a civil we, war with our own exactly. like fighting Hamas and whoever you know, that's coming across here. We don't need to send our military. But I, I know it's like when the government keeps mentioning World War Three and then Ukraine. The next step is like, well, we're going to send fighter jets over there. Well, we're going to send it. And then before well, you know it, it's like, That's what the Biden administration's yeah. doing. And you know, when we pulled out of, recklessly out of Afghanistan. Yep, that's. And yeah. leaving our 13 service members to die in a horrible way. And, uh, you know, and, and leaving billions of dollars of equipment. Guess where right. that equipment ended up? Mm-hmm. Right. They yeah. found some of that equipment in Ukraine, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yes. that's not surprising at all, right? Well, and it, Obama it's, was doing the Fast and Furious gun run. <laughs> so, we're getting close to that time. Uh, I want to ask you one more question, you know? I want to know... Um, what makes you the best candidate to be the Republican Party nominee... Uh, what is it in District 25? You're running against uh, uh, is it Raul Ruiz? Yes. Is that right? Yeah, yes. That? So what what makes you the better candidate uh-huh. in this race? You asked uh, who is that? So Raul Ruiz, he's a Harvard graduate. He he's his, this Hispanic guy. Uh, grad, he promised the people who supported him through college that he was going to come back and serve his community being a doctor because he is a doctor dr raul ruiz right and uh but he's been a congressman longer than he's been a doctor and he actually never came back to serve his community he went to a more affluent neighborhood uh, to serve as a doctor and then became congressman uh down in district 25 so the incumbent raul ruiz is uh, a harvard graduate a far leftist very woke has voted for open borders this endangers not only the lives of district 25 but the entire nation why am i the best selection for district 25 well first of all i'm america first and i you know i come from a military family background that means i will support our vets 
they deserve our very, very best. They do not deserve our breadcrumbs. Um, my brother served in Iraq three tours. I was born in the Air Force Base. My grandfather served World War II as a, a Navy frogman. And I have uncles and cousins who also served in the Marines. So I will absolutely support our vets. Secondly, I am Hispanic. And I do resonate with the Hispanic community and they will resonate with me. Um, they don't have a conservative voice right now. I, you know, I do commun I'm able to communicate in Spanish as well. So I, you know, they want conservative uh, representation because at heart they are conservative for the most part. And, um, you know, I have uh, formally sent my endorsement of President Trump. And he has my campaign letter in his uh, file, in his uh, team's file. So I am America first. I will support securing our borders to save lives. I have been endorsed by Tom Homan, the previous director of ICE, under President Trump as well. Other endorsements I have are, uh, one is from LUCA. It's a Latinos United Conservative uh, Action Group. And... Uh, Lexit, I've been endorsed by the president. It's a personal endorsement, um, but I've been endorsed by Jesse Hooligan from him. Lexit. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's amazing. And, yeah. you know, he is what he is doing is turning the uh, Hispanic voters into Republican voters because they think that they are Democrat voters. And so he's, you know, both groups are advocates. They are grassroots boots on the ground. Um, they help candidates to get the word out. And so they, they are behind me. I have actually a couple other Hispanic Republican groups that are, will be getting behind me as well, but I can't name them um, right at this moment. But um, I am that candidate that will resonate with the people and I am there to serve them and not lord over them. I'm there to make their life better you know, economically and, you know, provide more opportunities for their children educationally as well. Well, that's awesome. Well, Ceci, it was a pleasure having you on. I really Thank enjoyed you. talking with Thank you. Thank you so um, much. Yeah, yeah no. What do you got, Derek? <laughs> yeah, great interview. I'm excited. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, the conservatives need someone, yeah, to speak for them. You know, the, the Latinos. Yep. And, like you said, they're mostly conservative. They just... It, it's so funny you said that earlier about like d d when they come across the board, democracy just kind of goes to Democrat. Right. And then like, as we've known kind of throughout childhood, just don't kind of, they obviously now they that connect. you mentioned did that on purpose. Yeah. That's why they all vote Democrat without kind of even thinking because they think of democracy. So <laughs> yeah. it must be the right. The Democrats are masters them, with yeah. word, you I, know, yeah. with wordplay. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, thank so. you very much. We appreciate having you on. And uh, thanks guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys later. Later.